Welcome into the In the Money podcast for Saturday, May the 20th. We're headed to Pimlico for our late pick four analysis on Preakness Day. I'm Tom Leach, along with Jim Goodman, Keelan's Director of Wagering Development. And the Preakness is race 13, culminates in all stakes pick four that we're going to take a look at. And it starts, Jim, in the 10th race with the Jim McKay turf sprint at five furlongs, uh, three-year-olds and up. And uh, the five furlongs is noteworthy because everything around here at Keeneland and Churchill is five and a half. And in New York, it's uh, usually six. So five furlongs here. Uh, who'd you like? Well, you don't want to get a bad break in a five furlong race. So one thing we talked about off the air is Spoken Jay is not going to run this race. Uh, it was just announced last night that their connections are taking him to a New York race instead. So uh, if you're looking at the five horse, go ahead and take him off your pick. And I, and I did use him, but I'm, I'm going to change it up a little bit. So I like nothing better in here. Um, Caramanos rides this horse. Caramanos runs so rides so well on the turf at Laurel and Pimlico. I use him every time I play a turf race. And this horse has plenty of speed from the inside. Had Franco on him last time out at Aqueduct Six Furlongs, and uh, has put together three great races. Actually, four great races. He's three out of the last four with 92 to 98 buyers. Uh, perfect post position to get out on the lead. And uh, I, I think that three to one, he's uh, he's the more likely winner here. I am going to use some other horses in here because the pick four, I covered at least three horses in each leg because I don't have, except for the Preakness, I've got a, obviously a strong single, but I'm I'm going to use a couple of horses there trying to get a price. In here, I use Artemis City Limits for Mike Maker. <clears throat> Had a couple of 100 buyers, one of them Keeneland in October at five and a half furlongs in Woodford, where he only got beat by a length and a half to Golden Pal. So Golden Powell's in this race. He's going to be one to five. So Artemis City Limits, obviously, with the Red Ortiz, has a big shot. Uh, that's right for um, Michael Moore. Uh, not great connections. This horse has a lot of speed and has run, run well at Saratoga, Parks, Monmouth, uh, and Aqueduct. <clears throat> so the horse takes his race with him. And he won, broke his maiden at Pimlico at five furlongs uh, last May. So that's right. He's got a big shot as well. And I believe that was on... Uh, that was on uh, Blackout Susan Day last year. Then he's Coppola for Dale Romans. That 100 buyer jumps off the page at Sir Churchill last time out. Nobody expected that. He was 9-1. to one. Ran behind Smoking Jay at Gulfstream at 5 furlongs. So he used Coppola as well. And Noble Emotion I'm going to throw in there for Luis Saez because Luis Saez is riding better than anybody else right now. So in a 5 furlong race, a lot of things can happen. The speed can go out and kill itself. And Noble Emotion is perfectly drawn to run the speed down from the outside. So... Can use five here, but nothing better is my pick. I ended up with Coppola on top. I like that 100 buyer in the third start off the layoff last time. He looked like he just exploded to a new level. And if he can get back to that, he'll be very tough in here with Johnny V back riding him again. Um, nothing better was the horse I had second. I like you know the fact that he's at the speed to get a good position from that rail spot. He's going to go the shortest way around. Three wins in his last four. Uh, that's right. I had uh, Dick Girardi, who's a longtime turf rider and uh, part of the Buyer Speed Figure team on my radio show on Friday. And uh, Dick said that that's right from the park circuit that he covers is his best bet of the weekend up at uh, Baltimore. So that's right. One for one at Pimlico. And he broke his maiden by five when he did that. First start as a four-year-old. A lot of speed uh, in this one. So going to use him on the ticket. A uh, beer can man who I actually liked last time at Keeneland. Didn't run great, but it was off a layoff, so 
can perhaps move forward. It's Slavian Pratt. Love him on the turf, obviously. You and I both do. So going to use him. And then I think my last one's going to be our, our team of city limits. Uh, just on that back class. Didn't really like that last race, but that if he's back to some of those best efforts, then he is very dangerous. So going to put him on the ticket as well. If I went deeper, I'd use Noble Emotion and maybe even uh, Determined Kingdom. Phil Schoenthal's a trainer who seems to have his horses, I think, ready to fire a good shot on this weekend every year. If he's got a good one, um, watch those. They're dangerous at a price, but I think that's more of a hit-the-board horse than a win. So uh, Coppola on top for me. The Maryland Sprint is the next one. This is back on the main track at six furlongs for three-year-olds and up. I took straight no chaser in here just on the angle that this is California speed, and I think he goes to the, the front. Maybe they don't catch him for uh, for Dan Blacker. Uh, prevalence is dangerous in here. His best race, that uh, something like that Commonwealth last year at Keeneland when he posted a 98 buyer figure, that would be good enough in here. So I think he's dangerous. He's kept really good company, as has Nakatomi from Wesley Ward running in all those graded stakes, so he's battle-tested. I think one of those three probably wins it. If you want to go deeper, wonder where Craig is. Has won twice at Pimlico, so I thought that was noteworthy. And may throw that t- horse on the ticket just to try and catch a price. So going four deep probably in there, but straight no chaser on top. How about you? I used the same three that you did with straight no chaser on top. And the one thing that I liked about straight no chaser is that he brought that California speed to Oakland, which is a completely different track, and just blazed them one by seven and a quarter uh, at six furlongs, and, and they brought him here off that race. Uh, he tried grade one company at seven furlongs at San Anita and ran behind Tabe at Forbidden Kingdom. Uh, but this horse is coming to his own, and the fact that he took his game to Oakland makes him a better bet in here because sometimes the California speed doesn't translate to other tracks, but he obviously does. So uh, going to use prevalence, going to use Nakatomi. Straight no chaser could be a single for me because Nakatomi is just one of those horses that he always gets bet and he, he just doesn't come over come over the top very often. He won a hundred thousand dollar optional claimer at Keeneland in November, but since then he's tried Grade Three company, Grade One company, just can't quite get there. And I think that's going to happen again with Straight No Chaser and Prevalence in here. So those three are my top three as well. We'll move to race 12, third leg in the late pick four. It's the James W. Murphy for three-year-olds on the turf at one mile. How do you see that one? Fantastic again for Wesley Award. Coming out of the uh, Jeff Ruby Stakes, uh, proven time and time again, horses coming off that uh, synthetic at Turfway uh, translate their form to other surfaces. And this is a turf race, and uh, I think this horse – was on, t- on top at the half-mile pole and, and just gave it up at the end and got beat by two fields and Major Dude, which is certainly no uh, no knock against him. And this is a $100,000 stakes race, and he fits very well on class. Also, he used the uh, last the two outside horses. Nagarok is probably going to be the favorite here off that Transylvania effort where he got beat by Mostache by only a length. Um, don't necessarily like the nine-hole in a one-mile turf, uh, but Flavian Pratt gets him for grand motion uh he was the one that i thought about singling but then i look at wesley's horse coming out of the jeff ruby stakes and the turfway angle kind of gets me that uh that that they're coming out of those good races there i'm going to use them wonderful justice is the third horse i'll use for brad cox coming out of transylvania where nagarok won uh had a really tough trip that day and uh did not move forward off his win at fairgrounds and we're going to give him another chance here and 
Brandon Saez, uh, you got to throw him in there. So I want to use those three, try to get through to the Preakness. But uh, fantastic again for a slight upset over Nagarok. I like those same three that you do. I had Nagarok on top. But uh, wonderful justice, it is worth noting, had some trouble in the Transylvania. And the horse that ran third was Webslinger, who came back to win the uh, stake for three-year-olds on the turf on uh, Derby Day. And this horse has had four really sharp works since uh, that Derby weekend run. Uh, or since the, the Keelan run, I should say. So um, I think Wonderful Justice is a strong challenger to Nagarok. Uh, fantastic again, could win, obviously. There's other another horse that I think could hit the board, I think is a long shot to win, but he was like 50 to 1 in a turf race at Keelan, but I, just uh, watch, watching the race, he had so much trouble and had so much horse and never could get to run uh, that I think, there's more there than this horse showed, and it uh, maybe could really boost up a, a try or a, a super if you want to play uh, those bets. So keep an eye on Moonstrike, the six, for a price. But I've got Nagarok on top. And the Prickness is race 13, wraps up the All-Stakes pick four. Three-year-olds at a mile and three-sixteenths. The Derby winner's back, but nobody else from the Derby. Uh, so Mage is the favorite, uh, even more so with the announcement on Friday that uh, first Mission is going to scratch, and I loved First Mission off his performance in the Lexington. I thought he was close to a single for me in the Preakness, so hated to see him go out. How do you see the Preakness? I see the Preakness is a very, uh, not, not really a grade one quality field here. I, I, I don't see him beating Mage unless he just regresses uh, two weeks after the Derby. Um, he got a great, he got a, he got a good trip through traffic. It's going to be a completely different race here. There's not going to be 20 horses. There's only going to be seven that he's got to beat. He doesn't need to get off slow again, but I thought if he got off slow, I thought first, first Bishop would be one to take advantage of it. The only one that I think can take advantage of it is National Treasure, and Baffert obviously would like to get back in the good graces of racing and would like to win the Preakness for a record, whatever it is, eighth time or whatever. Uh, but this horse couldn't be Practical Move or Mandarin Hero or Skinner in the San Diego Derby. Now, he's trained by Baffert. They gave him the yacht team to run in the San Diego Derby, get points for the uh, for the Kentucky Derby. Didn't work out there. He's been a well-regarded horse, ran behind Forte in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile last year, and then the Sham ran behind Reincarnate and Newgate, who both came back to win. So I think National Treasure is the logical alternative if you think Mage is going to quote-unquote, bounce off that Kentucky Derby effort. I'm also going to throw in, just for sentimental reasons, I think Sug McGahee is one of the best horsemen going today. And, and this is the kind of race that if Mays doesn't bring his best game, I think perform could throw a shocker here. He, he ran the, the Tessio, which is typically the uh, prep for this at Laurel, at a mile and eight, and he stretched it out and really got good. He, and the last two took him five to break his maiden. But he's in good form right now. He's working well. Uh, 48 flat at Belmont on the 14th of May. Um, performing 15 to 1 is worth a shot in here. And I don't have a very expensive ticket, so I'm going to throw him on there as well. Um, blazing Sevens uh, coming out of the Bluegrass. But the Bluegrass horses did not run well in the Derby. Um, he couldn't handle Forte in Florida. So uh, I think he's a, a notch below the top couple in here. But. Um, Seven-horse field in the Preakness. Not a lot to get excited about, but if Mage goes on to win the Triple Crown, it won't matter. I am going to take a stand against Mage in here. My thinking is, um, first, he benefited from what 
by Derby historical standards, was a freakishly fast pace and took perfect advantage of it, had a, got a great ride, finished strong. Maybe he's just that good, as that 105 buyer from the Derby uh, would suggest in terms of improvement. I'm going to take a position that the winning figure of the Preakness is going to be closer to 95 instead of 105. And if it is, then I think uh, Mage is, is vulnerable. I just think, you know, yeah, I got a perfect setup last time. He's not going to get that kind of fast pace this time, I don't think. And I just think doing all that he did in four starts in that compacted time frame, he's got to take a step back at some point, And on two weeks rest, that it would be a likely spot for it to happen. So that's the way I'm going to, going to bet it. Uh, in terms of uh, taking a stand. So that's why I loved First Mission. So he's out. So I'm on National Treasure. Uh, I think this horse is going to be on the lead. I, I think that's the surest bet out there. They're adding blinkers. He's on the rail, and there's really not much speed in the race. So, And he's working bullets. I, I'm certain Baffert is going to have Johnny V put this horse on the lead. And Maybe they won't catch him. I think he's run 95 buyers, and if I think that's what's going to win, he's the only one that's run that other than Mage. And uh, this horse had some trouble at the head of the stretch in the Sanity to Derby. I went back and watched that. And, uh, Mandarin Hero came up on his inside, Skinner on his outside, and pinned him behind another horse. And then when he kind of regrouped and got out and uh, made a run, he was actually closing on those horses and galloped out past them. So... I'm uh, not, not a, I don't think he's a cinch. He's not a great win bet at the odds he's going to be. So I'm going to try to take a stand against Mage and um, key national treasure in exactas. I'll use Mage with him, but I'll go bigger with Perform and Red Route 1 and Blazing 7s. And Perform in particular I'm interested in. I think he's the horse that, uh, the other horse, the other most likely winner for me if it's not national treasure. But, you know, Baffert's at Baltimore doing interviews again putting himself out there, and I think uh, this horse isn't by any means his best horse, but I think the timing might be right. He catches Mage maybe going a little backwards. Uh, nobody, no other, you know, grade one caliber horses are entered, and I think uh, they may have found a, a great spot from a circumstances standpoint to give Baffert a record victory in the Preakness. So national treasure for me. How about your pick four ticket? All right, pick four is uh, <clears throat> kind of a spread ticket, $67.50. going to go five deep in the uh, first leg, the Jim McKay turf sprint with one, three, six, ten, eleven, with two, seven, eight, with one, eight, nine, with one, three, six in the Preakness for $67.50. And, you know, if you wanted to have a cheaper ticket, um, you know, if you don't like Mage, I think National Treasure is the option there. Um, so, but I think sixty-seven fifty, and if you beat Mage, you might make some money. That's uh, what I'm thinking in terms of uh, trying to cash a ticket here. I'm going to use a ninety-dollar ticket. I'm going to go five deep in the turf sprint, one, three, six, ten, thirteen. Then four deep in the dirt sprint, two, seven, eight, ten. Three deep in the one-mile turf race, one, eight, nine, and then three deep in the Preakness, one, three, and six. And that's a ninety-dollar ticket uh, for me. And there are, you know, some double-digit prices along the way there that could uh, spice this thing up. 
and uh, especially maybe if you uh, beat Mage, although National Treasure, I think, is for a lot of people, is going to be the most likely alternative, so it's not like it's going to light up the tote board if, if he wins. So I think the, the way to maybe uh, cash a nice ticket might be if you can play, if you take a stand against Mage and think he runs you know third or worse and could maybe the exacta could be uh, decent if, uh, if we get the right two in there. I think performs real dangerous though in there too but i like national treasure on top should be uh you know it's not a a great renewal of the preakness by any means but it is a little bit of an intriguing betting race if we think uh mage goes a little bit backwards that opens the door for somebody else best of luck it's a great card this weekend up at pimlico a lot of big fields so uh if you uh, have not already stocked up your keeneland select account make sure that you do that to take advantage and then good racing at you know, Churchill and Belmont to play as well while you're watching the, the golf or baseball or something else. Uh, good luck this weekend. That's the End of Money podcast for KeenelandSelect.com.